Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Anime Casuals, and welcome back to the weekly reviews. Today, we're reviewing uh, Tiger and Bunny, and I will just put a little disclaimer here. I did watch all of season two. I, I My life has been Tiger and Bunny for, like, three or four days straight. So, like, first season... Um, Actually, I don't know. I don't want to say three or four days straight, but you know, not cons- not like in a row, but it was you know seemed like it was pretty close together. Um, so I'm going to be mainly talking about Tiger and Bunny season one. Then I'm actually going to go into one of the movies that I I kind of forgot to mention. I didn't even know it was a thing until I watched season. I was starting to watch season two, and I realized there were th- there were some things people were mentioning that I was a little confused at and I was like wait a minute I don't under I, I don't get any of this stuff so I went I was like okay I'll let me go back to see what one of the movies is about so one of the movies is just like a sum up of the first season and um this the other series is like right after the first season and it kind of tells a little bit of a story because the second season kind of starts off and it's like hey we're here and I'm like how did we get from this to this so uh, uh, let me go into first off. Let me go into the the watch progression. So you should either watch you know the first movie. I don't know how far it goes. It's it's only an hour and a half, and for them to do an hour and a half it, sum up of like twenty six episodes is pretty crazy to me. So I don't know if they were actually able to do that or if they just got the first thirteen. Um, but either way, you want to watch either that or the first season, which is episodes one through twenty six uh or 25 can't remember off the top of my head then the rising which is the movie um that goes in between season one season two and then season two is after that so um anyway let's go into season one really quick so this i've always so let's let's start off let me let me let me categorize this before i go any further so let's let's go into animation one thing one of the things you'll notice like right off the bat because uh, they usually showcase it within the first like five minutes of each and every like situation that I've seen. There is CGI in here. Is it the best? Uh, not exactly, I guess. It's. I I feel like I've watched so much of it that it started to blend in a lot more, and I don't mind it as much in this in this context, I suppose. Um, so. What I mean by that is it's typically used for the heroes that have armor for for the most part. And then they I feel like they started to amp it up a little bit more as they went through the seasons here. Um, the reason be, the reason probably being that they wanted to um, you know, accentuate some of the other big parts of it. So they wanted to like be able to to budget it out a little bit more. So, Hey, maybe we don't want to blow our freaking budget all in here. And typically CGI is a little bit uh, less expensive. I know it seems like it would be more expensive, but at least from what I've heard, it can be a, it can be used to like cut corners a little bit. Like if you're trying to do like a big action scene, right? Because um, then you you only have to get like actors to just like do it instead of having somebody hand draw all of it. Maybe it's just easier. I don't know if it'd be less expensive, but either way. Um, and... But, you know, and this goes back all the way. I mean, this is a, an anime from 2014, I believe, or 20, maybe it was 2011, I think, actually. Um, but either way, man, it was because uh, the Tiger and Bunny, the Rising was a, it was a, a series in 24 or it was a movie in 2014. And this one, 2011. Yeah, it was 2011. Wow. 
So, I mean, considering it came out in 2011, not too bad at CGI. Um, I will say this, the, the, um, they do start to get better and better with the CGI and using it. Um, although I didn't have a problem with it. Um, there is a little bit of a goofy run that Tiger, uh, one of the main characters does, but I feel like it, it fits his character a lot. Like it fits, it fits what he does. It, it just fits him, Right. But the funny thing is, I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever played, uh, um, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. He looks a lot like when uh, Tommy Versetti runs. Like he has this like very blocky run to him, which I mean I think is endearing. I think it it tells a lot of the story of Tiger um, and his 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 journey and everything. So um, one of the things I will say is the CGI does get a, a little bit in the way when they're doing Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem is uh, they uh, one of the characters that wears just a regular costume, like he doesn't wear armor or anything like that. So the ones that I'm talking about that wear armor would be uh, Sky High. Ma uh, oh my God, I wanted to say M Bison. That's not Rock Bison, I think is what his name is. Um, and then eventually Tiger and Bunny, right? Uh, Tiger and Barnaby, sorry. Um, so when they try and do it with characters where the lips move, it doesn't, I, I, I don't know, man. It just kind of feels weird because when you see them out of the costume, right? Because uh, the few characters that they don't animate that way as much, they try not to at least, would be like Blue Rose and uh, what, what's her name? Dragon Kid. Uh, they seem to be okay with animating those ones, but with Fire Emblem, for some reason, it might be just because he Fire Emblem has like a full mask on. Not a full mask, sorry. Uh, like a Batman mask, you know, where it like covers the top of his head and then it, it reveals the mouth a little bit. So, whereas Blue Rose and Dragon Kid, they actually show their faces and stuff. So, uh, I guess that might be why, but either way, it does it does off put me a little bit. But it's not as as you go through the season. I think you start to get used to it. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think because there are going to be some people who just watch it and see CGI and maybe get like freaking you know PTSD from uh, from like Berserk twenty sixteen. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Um, so ho hopefully, hopefully that's not you. Um, but. If you get past that, then you get a, um, a pretty good story, man. I, I have to say. So the premise of this is there is, um, for a while now, there has been this thing called Hero TV. And the idea behind Hero TV is they showcase heroes. Um, so that basically what, what happens is, you know how like heroes are vigilantes, right? And so typically when you're watching like Batman and stuff, even though he has Commissioner Gordon or what, Captain Gordon or Chief Gordon, whatever, um, whatever movie you're watching. Um, the basic idea is he's still a vigilante. He's still working outside the law, and that's still frowned upon. However, Hero TV works alongside the you know, FBI and all that stuff, and they use these heroes to, uh, for publicity, um, for, <clears throat> to be able to, um, uh, to inspire people. That's one of the other reasons, right, is it helps inspire people to uh to root for for the for the good guys because when you root for the good guys this is by the way this is my own interpretation but i, I think it's just like a, an interesting idea um when you root for the good guys who are fighting alongside the cops you will root for the cops as well right so it's a good marketing strategy in my opinion this is not ever explicitly said i just want to make sure that's very clear um but it's almost like having mascots but they fight alongside you um and they all have like abilities and all that kind of stuff so um 
but uh, but yeah, so the idea is each one of the here, and this is where like the, the capitalism uh, funny stuff starts to come in, right? Uh, the, the idea is each hero belongs to a different organization and the different organizations uh, sponsor them, right? So um, they, and so they have all different sponsors and all that kind of stuff. And so they're all compete actively competing against each other. So hero TV, uh, while you know getting their ratings and stuff because they have helicopters and some of them have um, uh, what do you call it like uh, suit cams and stuff. When you're uh, whenever you do something, you make an arrest, you do a you you save a civilian, you do that kind of stuff. You get hero points, and by the end of it, uh, whoever gets the most hero points is known as the king of heroes. Is that, is that what it's called? The king of yeah, the king of heroes, and through that uh, you get your sponsors get a lot more money right like you're a, you're much more marketable so i really like this interesting idea of marketing of uh, the, of the co- and the the cool thing is there's a conflict here right with people like wild tiger or kotetsu is the real name um, he's an old school hero who wanted to do this to save people but now it's become such a publicity stunt that it's begin it's begun to become all about the reviews all about the um all about the points all about making your sponsors happy or else right because you know these pe- these heroes get paid right they get paid to do what they do uh so i find that i find that 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 uh that struggle uh that internal struggle between and by the way all of the uh, the heroes have like some type of uh, internal struggle with this kind of system, right? Um, and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of it throughout it. So the story kind of follows. Uh, I don't know if I want to give you a summary of some of like uh, not not. I'm not gonna spoil anything, obviously, but I don't know if I need to. T- I don't. I don't think I really need to tell you guys the um, beginning or anything like that. I think that t- that sums up the story pretty well. Um. And they do deal with real things like collateral. What, what about collateral damage, right? You know how like uh, when you watch the Avengers or something and they destroy freaking New York and uh, and like none of them are brought to trial or anything because like, oh, yeah, they did it for the good of the people. Well, in this, you know, it's a little different, right? Like if, there, if there's excessive damage on here, um, then, you know, what then, you know, what, what 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 the heck are you doing, bro? You know what I mean? So I, I find that uh, I find I found that really cool in this is just that the 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 realistic way because you know if you think about it this seems like a realistic way that people would try and do this stuff and just to give you like a little funny idea i didn't notice this in the first season i don't think it is in the first season but in the second season uh oh sorry the second season uh more like the rising movie uh all of the characters have like like blue rose it has a pepsi dealer deal deal, uh with her and i'm like how much money did these did these motherfuckers make off of this? Because, dude, everybody had like uh, Barnaby has Bandai on him. How much money did this fucking anime make? And I just gotta say that's brilliant. I don't know if any of you guys have ever played Final Fantasy 15, but there were so many different marketing things in there. There was Cup of Noodle. There was uh, Coleman. Whenever they would uh, pitch up the tent and everything, like Cole, it would be a Coleman set and everything. Um, I just thought that was really interesting, and I mean, good, good on them for making money and everything. But yeah. So let me read off the, uh, the, the heroes really quick and just give you my opinion on each one of them. Uh, let's start off, uh, by the way, this is all from the first season. This is all, they're all in, uh, introduced in the first episode. So no, no spoilers here. We're going to start with Fire Emblem. He was, he's the first, uh, hero that is actually, 
introduced to us. So Fire Emblem, as I said, is is a um, is one of the characters that just wears like a regular suit. Um, he is the uh, gay character. Um, by the way, I'm not inferring that in you know in one of the you'll you'll see what I mean. Anyway, um, he is uh, he's a black character. Um, so I don't know if any of you guys are into that kind of representation stuff, but if that if you are, you got you got two in one. Um, his main power is to shoot fire out, um, and he drives in. Also, the other thing is like how each one of them arrives at the scene. Like Fire Emblem, not only does he, um, you know, not only does he fight, you know, he he has like a company sponsor him. He is his own company. He is the head of his own company, dude. By the way, freaking badass. He is the only one that ans- his boss is him. That's freaking awesome. I just want to say that off the, off the bat right now. Um, but yeah, he's got a very good uh, personality. He is... Um, do I know the voices of all these guys? Well, okay. If if you're interested in the English dubbed, uh, this is this is uh, voiced by John Bentley. Um, if I'm not mistaken, John John Bentley is the voice of Barrett? I, am, I, am I mistaken in that? John... Uh, hold on, let me see. Uh, John, what's his name? Uh, da, 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 da. I believe this. He's the voice of Barrett in um, Final Fantasy, but he does a great does a great job with uh, with voicing uh, Fire Emblem. Um, we have Rock Bison, who is like the tank of the group. He's got uh, he's got very yeah. Okay, I'll be real with you. Um, <laughs> His powers are very vaguely explained, but it's mostly a strength power. But also, later on, you kind of see it's like a durability something. I don't really know. But either way, um, he is uh, he's he's a, an old fen- friend of, uh, of Kotetsu or Wild Tiger, um, and they're they're old like drinking buddies and stuff. Even though they they're co- competitors. Um, and so that comes up a lot, like you know, uh, Rock Bison is kind of like the the person who who knows Kotetsu's past the most, and you know, kind of brings up stuff. Um, you know, it's like, hey, is everything okay? I know this is, you know, I know you went through this before. Uh, then there is Dragon Kid, who is, um, I think she might be the youngest of the group, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she uh, she her special ability, she she has like lightning powers. Um, also, she seems to be proficient in kung. F- I, I don't know if kung fu is the right word for it because she uses a staff and everything. So, um, but yeah, she seems pretty pretty well versed in that. Um, she was voiced by. Oh, by the way, Rock Bison was voiced by Travis Willingham um, in the first season, and then voiced by another dude in the second season. It's very noticeable, but it doesn't. It didn't change too much for me. I they luckily. For, by the way, I just want to point this out. Luckily for the second season, I only noticed a couple of voice actors were not the same uh, voices. That, th- just a couple of them, um, luckily. So, uh, but there were there were a couple of uh, like really noticeable ones, and the noticeable ones were Rock Bison, Dragon Kid. So, uh, Travis Willingham was Rock Bison. Uh, Laura Bailey was Dragon Kid. Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham are a couple. If you guys don't know, um, in real life. And so, but I think the the replacements did a pretty good job. But you will notice, you'll probably notice there is a different voice actor for both of them. Um, and then Dragon Kid is, uh, yeah, Dragon Kid is actually one of uh, one of the 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 ones that I had a lot of fun with. Um, you know, she 
she walks around with like a Bruce Lee, you know, the 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 yellow and black uh, jumpsuit thing. Um, and yeah, she has a, you know, since she's so young, you get to see like a, a different side of the group. And that's the other thing about this is a lot of the chemistry between all of them. Because even though they all, um, they all are rivals, they all do work out at the same place. They all work out at the Hero Center and, and, and work out of that place. Uh, so it's really cool to kind of see that. Uh, next up is Sky High, who is the the number one hero in the first season. Um, he, by the way, that's that's revealed in the first episode. Just want to make sure that's very clear. Uh, he he has a type of wind power. Also, he has uh, the other thing is cool is they use uh, they they use like equipment like Iron Man type suits. Tip, oh, some of them do. Uh, this guy in particular, Sky High, uses like a jetpack to to fly around, and he can also do like wind powers. Um, I don't know the extent of them, but it seems like he can do like, you know, gusts of wind, do tor little tornadoes, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool character for the most part. And um, has a very like clear and concise way of thinking of, of, of saying things. Uh, kinda, it sounds exactly like a superhero would, you know what I mean? Uh, so he, he's probably like the most like superhero ish out of them. Um, and then there is Origami Cyclone. Uh, I won't reveal his power because it's not actually revealed until towards the end of the season one. But uh, he is, uh, you know, when you first see him, he is shown in the background and all he's trying to do is get uh, publicity. So it's almost like a Where's Waldo of trying to find him. And whenever he shows up, it, he'll basically show up in somebody else's shot, but he won't do anything. Um, and so that is enough for him to get his sponsor some recognition. And that's what he's trying to do. Uh, and don't worry, there is some character progression with him. Um, and I, by the way, he turned out to be one of my favorite characters. So that's how much character progression he got. Blue. Next up is Blue Rose. Uh, this is the girl who has ice powers. She's also. Uh, by the way, I don't mean this in like a bad way. I'm just trying to like point this out to you. She's pretty like heavily sexualized. She's uh, put as like so she she's an idol. She's a. Uh, so she has to balance that idol life with uh, idol. Like she is an idol as Blue Rose. She, it's not like she has another life as an idol. It's like she is Blue Rose. She's the hero. Blue Rose, the idol. So she does concerts and stuff. So she has to make it very theatrical, um, especially in the beginning to kind of show. And she has like a, a saying and everything like a like a like a catchphrase and everything like that. So it's very interesting to see. Also, she is uh, probably the net. I don't know actually how. I guess so. The three youngest would be Dragon Kid, Origami Cyclone, and Blue Rose. I think Dragon Kid's the youngest, but I'm not completely sure about that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Blue Rose, she shoots uh, ice powers out of her. Like I think she concentrates them through this gun that she has. If you guys ever played Overwatch, is like Maze ability, you know, where she just like can shoot stuff and make it freeze. Or if you've seen Mister Freeze, that's basically what she does. Um, and her whole thing is she's supposed to be like a. Okay, they kind of played with this and then kind of like acted like retracted it, but she was almost supposed to be like a, like a what do you call it? Is is it a masochist that likes to like like uh, like step on people and all that kind of stuff? It seemed like that's what the re that's what the 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 thing that they were going for too. Um, and uh, the other thing that I really liked about her is her costume. Her costume is actually really dope. Uh, since she's a blue rose, right? She's got um. Oh, she's got these uh, vines that stick out of her almost, but it's like uh, the thorny part of of the stem of a of a rose. So, really, really cool character design. And then we have uh, Barnaby Brooks Jr. I don't want to say too much about him, um, but he is he turns out um, he is uh, a 
newer hero, and when he is introduced, he is almost seen as a rival of Kotetsu, the the main character, uh, Wild Tiger. Although they both end up being like co-main characters, uh, a lot of them they they both get pretty good screen time for the most part. Um, and by the way, I, I greatly appreciate the amount of screen time that they give all of these heroes. There will be an episode. Like, if you like one of these heroes, there will be an episode highlighting that hero. And it doesn't feel like a filler or anything like that, but you will notice that it doesn't have, like, a, a whole lot to do with the main story. Some of it might, but it doesn't usually have a whole lot to do with the main story. But it does have a little bit to do, and once again, I, I just never felt like they were fillers, even though maybe they didn't have as much to do with the story. And then there is uh, Kotetsu, or Wild Tiger, who is like pretty much the main character for the most part. Um, he is a struggling father who is trying his best to hide his identity from his daughter, who he leaves with his grandmother out in uh, basically out in the sticks. I don't really know where they live at. I, I forget what it is. Uh, but they, they the main setting place of this is Stern City. Is that right? Stern Stern City? So, something like that. Basically like a big metropolis area. Um Whereas he leaves his daughter in, you know, out with his grandma out there, um, and but she does not know that he is, uh, he is a famous superhero. Although, I mean, the fact that nobody can guess this shit is fucking hilarious. You know, I mean, Kotetsu has a very unique beard, so I'm like, how do you, how does, how does somebody watch this and not think like, hey, isn't that Kotetsu in a, you know, do you ever go to like a, a costume party, see somebody, and you're like, hey, that's, you know, that's Lucky in a Batman costume. Like, it's pretty obvious, right? But whatever. Um, Anyway, he's struggling with being the old guard, um, and because he's been doing this for what was it like ten years or something like that, he struggles with that, and he also struggles with, uh, as I said before, the 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 commercialization of hero work. Right, it was supposed to be before about being thankless, about being, um, you know, about saving people, and you know, you get to hear some of his backstory about how he was actually. Uh, heavily inspired by a particular uh, hero before them, um, named Mister Mister Legend. I think is the name. Is that that was the name is? I think I think it's Mister Legend. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was interesting to to see because I will say this: when th there's a character named um, uh, I want to say Insomniac. That's not the name. Lunatic. Uh, Two totally different things. Sorry, uh, there's a character named Lunatic that gets that gets introduced, um, and I'm not gonna say exactly what he is. I'm not gonna say like any too much here because he's not introduced for a while. But I will say this: his he is one of my favorite parts of this whole series because when he's introduced, it puts the whole series on its head, and it really starts to question what it is to be a hero. Um, and he can be seen almost as an anti-hero, right? He go, he basically punishes criminals like, like Punisher almost like, right? He, he, he executes them, right? Um, and I, I really enjoyed seeing, uh, Lunatic. Also, the minute you hear his, you know, his, vo his voice and everything is just so cool. But that's all I'll really say in terms of plot, in terms of characters, um, but yeah, I had so much fun with this guys. I, I no matter what season it was, um, it was just such a great story, and it still it just holds up so well. That's why I got so enveloped into it. Um, it almost reminds me of like a like a a great a great alternative to like the 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 Marvel universe. Like imagine because you know if you think about like the Marvel or DC universe, right? Like they were all originally written 
to be like their own stories. Whereas this one from the get go is written to be everybody's story. So imagine this, right? If wild tiger was written as his own character first, and then Barnaby Brooks jr. Was written as his own character first. And then, and then they tried to bring it all together, but instead you get all of them are rooted in the same or are rooted uh, around each other. And it's just such a great, um, it's just so great to see that. Now, one thing I will call out, I'm going to call out this fucking bullshit uh, real quick, okay? So season two happened, and, you know, there was, you know, I, I watched the English dub, and I heard some woke-ass shit, like, in the middle of my damn, uh, of, a, of a damn conversation. Uh, they started talking about feminism and all this other shit, and I was like, okay, that is okay if and only if I hear it in the Japanese sub. So I went back and I went to the Japanese subtitles. Uh, sorry, sorry, English subtitles with the Japanese. Uh, nothing like what they talked about. They were, t- and by the way, so the conversation goes like this, right? Um, uh, you're a girl. I'm, I'm going to do this as non-spoiler as I can. You're a girl. I want to, you know, um, I'm sorry. You're just, you're a girl. And I, I feel like I wanted to protect you, but you know, those, those, those uh, I'm sorry, I'm just aspire. I, basically, the English dub went like this. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just, I guess I'm just, uh, consp- I'm just, uh, you know, giving in to gender norms. But, uh, you know, I think I'm a feminist and, uh, you know, all, all this kind of stuff, right? It goes into that. What the Japanese, uh, when, when, when I went to the English subtitles with Japanese, basically what it says was, you know, I'm sorry, because you're a girl, I just want to protect you so much. But I'm starting, but, um, you know, now... I'm starting to see that that was wrong for me and I should respect you as a partner, right? By the way, the second one sounds totally fine. You didn't need to put feminism. You didn't put any of that stuff in you there. But all of a sudden, they just decided to throw that in there. And I, I was like, bro, like, can we get the, can, can we get the, uh, the translations without your bullshit in, in the middle of it? Like, it's ridiculous, man. It's so stupid. Um, re- oh, dude, by the way, like, I still, I still went on, went on, went on with the English dub. I just wanted to make sure that was very. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like, listen, if that's what the Japanese said in it, that's fine. But the minute, and by the way, I, I'm not against people using like English jokes, English humors, or anything, or like ghost stories, right? Um, anything like that. Even though ghost stories did go a little off the off the charts with like you know some of their political shit, but it just threw me off the fact that they they threw that shit in there. When it was really just supposed to be about, hey, listen, um, you didn't need to put feminism or anything like that in there. Listen, we're partners. We're both at the same job. I respect you as my partner, and I'm sorry that I, I just thought that I needed to protect you all the time. That's all. He, that's all he said, and that's all they said in the Japanese, uh, in in the Japanese one. Uh, so it was that happens like halfway through the the second season. So I just wanted to make sure that's pretty clear. So once again, if you're gonna watch it, season one. Uh, the rising season two um as for my my uh my final say on season one i'll give it a dude i I really had a lot of fun with this this is a solid four out of five for me i i loved it a lot um there were uh, a couple of inconsistencies with the animation like i said um if you're not into cgi you're probably not gonna like it uh but for the most part the story and especially that character lunatic i will say he Really adds the spice that this this franchise uh, that this franchise needs, um, and also uh, oh I should probably point this out but uh, there are some villains in here, um, and they do a pretty good job uh, whenever there's like a major villain of really really playing them up and really uh, putting the heroes on the back foot. So 
Um, but I can't really say too much about that because a lot of the major villains aren't really introduced until a little bit later in the series. So anyway, guys, uh, that's my score, four out of five. Um, let me know what you guys think about Tiger and Bunny. Let me know what you guys think about the second season. Maybe I'll do an, uh, like an official review on it. Not completely sure off the top of my head. Um, real quick, let me let me look through. Um, oh my God, why did they? How dare they sign me out? Those pieces of crap. How dare they? Don't they know that I have Michael's account in here at all times? How dare they? Um, let's see over here. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, the review to do. Oh, Spy X Family's out. Cool. Um, sorry, I got really excited about that for our weekend talk. By the way, if you guys didn't check out our weekend talk yesterday, go and check that out. We do talk about uh, Attack on Titan episode 87 and Rising of the Shield Hero episode 1. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what to do for the second. Oh, this is one that I wanted to see for a while. Uh, how long is this, though? Yeesh. 22 episodes. Yeesh. Uh, and is it all... Okay. Um... You know what? I've been wanting to watch this one for a while, and I've heard uh, really good things about it. Why don't we do March Comes In Like a Lion for next week's uh, weekly reviews? Anyway, guys, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me or email us. You can email us at animecasuals with an S, real R-E-A-L at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>